Man Seeking Woman is an FX original comedy series created by former Saturday Night Live writer Simon Rich and starring Jay Baruchel. The half-hour series is a sweet and absurd look at the surreal life and death stakes of dating. It centers on Josh Greenberg, played by Baruchel, a naive romantic on a desperate quest for love. Rounding out the cast are series regulars Eric Andre of The Eric Andre Show, Don't Trust the Beat in Apartment 23, Britt Lower of Unforgettable, and Maya Erskine of Betas. Tune in about it. Man Seeking Woman, FXX's insanely original comedy premieres Wednesday, January 14th at 10.30 p.m. on FXX. Sex, 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 Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Hey, Naughty Monkey, uh, Sandra here, and welcome to my meta episode. This show, we're going to be looking at the act of podcasting, what it means to be a person creating a thing, what happens when we change in our lives, and how that changes how we appear to others, how... There are no outward changes and no one even notices, but there's a big change in you. We talk about comedy. We talk about dogs and the things that they like to lick, including themselves in places you don't want to think about, probably. This episode is more about feelings uh, and authenticity. It's, it's similar to the episodes I do where it's more about sex prep, where it's not necessarily about the act of having sex or getting it, but it's more about uh, working on yourself in order to be more prepared for an awesome sex life. So, um, I think the episode really much takes care of itself. So two days ago, I was at a sex toy industry convention, and there was a buffet for all the people attending. And I'm just serving myself some chicken, and this uh, caterer, looks at my badge and realizes who I am, says, oh my God, I listened to your podcast. Hi, what is this about you stopping the podcast? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you said you don't want to be a sex educator anymore. It's like, and it was kind of this weird thing where I'm like, I am not even thinking about how to message my feelings that feel complex and I'm still sorting them out. I have no idea how to tell you this right now. But basically I said, yes, of course I'm going to continue podcasting. I love it. Clearly, I'm not even still describing myself very well, but I am working on it, and it's a new year, and this is very exciting. Anyway, I had a great time with Dave Ross. Uh, we will be talking extensively about these things, and I wanted to tell you a few dates before we move on. It's this weekend, January 18th. I will be at the sexualhealthexpo.com teaching a Felicio Fun Workshop along with a bunch of fantastic sex educators. Like Everyone's in town for this it's pretty exciting. San Francisco, I will be in you in ways that I have never been in you before. Uh, I will be part of Sketchfest. That's right. January 29th, I'll be recording an episode on multiple orgasms with the Sketchfest's Comedy Nightlife event. Mm, it's going to be really fun. And Peaches Christ is going to be there. January 30th, I'll be recording about Friends with Benefits with Eliza Skinner. She's hilarious. Come out, come out. I was never very good at the friends with benefits thing. I always ended up, I always ended up just dating the person that 
I was trying to be friends with benefits with. So I'm going to get some people who know a lot more about this than I do. And we're going to figure it out. Okay. Go to sfsketchfest.com if you'd like to come out for those. Um, also, I'll be teaching oral sex for everybody for Valentine's Day, uh, February 9th, LA Academy of Sex. Just go to laacademyofsex.com for that. Ah, and so I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys are like so sweet for each other. Uh, yeah, she's really great for me. Um, I had a little bit of a breakdown yesterday about something. I was jealous, and I I was jealous in a way that I really don't like, and I didn't know how to talk to her about it because I had talked to her about jealousy a bunch of times before. And I told her, and she was so fucking nice about it. It was really great. Awesome. I feel yeah. like none of this is actually going to make it to the actual episode since this seems like all stuff you should. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I just wanted to. No, actually, check. that's that all. All that stuff is fine. Really, anything is fine to talk about. I just, I just, you know what it is. It, you know, also more than her being uncomfortable, which she isn't so uncomfortable that she couldn't take it. I. For the first time in a very, very long time, I really feel like our sex life is completely for us. Yeah. Because it is, like, um, very good. And, uh, in yeah, I mean, that's all I'll say. Going deeper than that is, like, I don't want to because I just don't want to, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, when when you and I were doing the show, I was really open about my past and stuff. And, you know, I don't know. I don't really like to be that revealing about other people in general anymore. I don't, like, I'm way less personal in my stand-up now, too. And uh, Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, to a certain extent, like, I just, um, I don't know. Some of my life needs to be for me. For a long time, my life was not for me. It was for everybody. And the reason for that was that I was, like, trying to, I don't know, I was trying to maybe atone for things. I had felt embarrassed for being cowardly in the past or shitty or whatever, and I, a lot of it was, like, I'm just going to say everything I've ever done, and if people accept it, then I can accept myself, you know? Um, and I got into the habit of doing that. I wrote this book when I was 23 that was just, like, basically a list of uh, anxious, afraid, or depressed things I did, and I gave it to people, and they were like – people were like, oh, this is funny. And I was like, oh, you don't uh, push me away for this. And then – so it was kind of an addiction. Like, I, I really – my stand-up became about things that I was afraid of and mm-hmm. made me sad. And even for like right from the start, I like <laughs> one of my first jokes was about like being awkward during sex, um, <laughs> not being able to like handle dirty talk. And uh, yeah, and it's been like that. I've been doing stand-up for almost six years now, and uh, and I was on your show. I was very open. I was always telling stories about my past, relationships mm-hmm. of the past, and how I felt um, in dealing with other people. And then now I have my podcast, which is like like very on the nose with that stuff. It's direct. It's like, tell me how you feel. And then I always relate. I can, I like, can almost like 99% of the time 
directly relate to the anxieties of my guests on my show, which which you know, but if people don't know, it's yeah, about terrified. like yeah, I interview people about fear and self loathing. I ask them, what are you afraid of? What are you worried about? Or what do you hate about yourself? And variations on those questions. And uh, I just like every episode. Oh yeah, that's happened to me. I feel like this, and it's like gotten to a point where it's like. I'm bored of it. I'm, um, I don't, I'm bored of it and it's for me. Like I, I want, I didn't want Mm -hmm. my personal life to be separate from my work life. And now I just do, I don't know. Maybe it's like getting better at comedy, getting more respect or getting more presence in the community or something. But it's like, I'm a comedian. I want being a comedian to be my job. I don't want my job to be like revealing secrets about my past. It's a, I hear you, uh-huh. and at the same time, I am laughing about it because I am the I because I mean the one of the reasons why we are inspired to sit here is because we just found out that we're both feeling burned out. But I am on my way toward I'm in the ship sailing toward uh, being more open about my really? past. Yes, because I've actually been so. Isn't it funny how this conversation, by the way, happened naturally? We were oh, right. We <laughs> I came over here for this reason, but we weren't. We weren't recording, and like we were recording to test the mics, and we just started talking about this. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's on our minds, is what I'm saying. Apparently so. Uh, you're going to have to bleep out some of that shit at the beginning, uh, and all, everything else I said. And all we are not recording yet. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, continue. You're moving toward, uh, toward um, being more open. But that does parallel with me. Like, Ooh, how? Well, because the reason that you want to be more open is because, like, you want to move. It sounds like what you mean is you want to move more toward feelings and away from sex a little bit. Is oh, that not what you mean? No, no, I don't. Because it's all I can talk about sex. Like that's fine. But sure, it was. I think the last few months and, just some, and during this past year, it's that I lost touch with why I st- like I didn't quite remember why I was interested in talking about sex in this way. Like I don't remember I lost touch with that drive to connect around sexuality and and that was um distressing for me because I to do like to talk about sex or talk about anything you love and to have a hobby that you just love to do and not that I'm calling sex a hobby but I mean it could be um is great but once it becomes your job it's it's a whole other thing it's it's and so my relationship with sexuality and the part I play in talking about sex is totally different than if I were just talking to some friends about some about wanting to nerd out about like some issues I was having in my own sex life right completely different and I want to do that more like I haven't you know how little I talk about my own sex life? Like huh. I I don't think I get to talk about it at all. Huh. Because most of the people who I know are that I can trust and who know enough that they can actually hear what I'm saying about my own sex life and and have fun and talk about it in a way. Like they're all busy. Like we're all really busy. So yeah. I don't actually get to do that anymore. I only get to talk about sexuality and how it applies to all of us. And we're all special snowflakes. Fuck it, man. Yeah. Like, I want to talk about my own sex life sometimes, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I also seem to have this habit of dishonesty and vagueness around my own life. Um, 
And so... Well, you do know that that came from somewhere. I remember having conversations with you about that. Really? When I was co-hosting your podcast. Yeah. Um, and which is fine. Like, you know, you, you things should wax and wane and change in life. Mm-hmm. But it was... I remember having a conversation with you about how you had been a little revealing and people had made some creepy comments to you. Uh, it, like talking to you as if they were a part of your sex life. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. I, I think that you should go for it, but also remember to be cautious because I think that that's, that's real. That's like, I, I had someone, Jake Weissman, a good friend of mine yeah, yeah. had, uh, had a stalker recently, a scary oh, no. one. And, uh, awkward. Yeah, and I ha- I haven't had something that direct that like um like immediately threatening, but I have had a handful of people um write me things as if they know me mm-hmm. and uh it was very off-putting like uh because they don't. And and it it's not off-putting if I'm not talking about people that are that are just like, I love your show, or like, it was so cool when you said this, or like, I also think something, I relate. But I've had people like, get mad at me and try to tell me what to do. Oh, the uh, uh, unsolicited advice? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's difficult. Unsolicited advice and like, like bitterness and anger at me saying something, and uh, they don't know me. That's actually another reason that I kind of want to be like veer off into like focusing strictly on comedy and away from my own feelings because something that happens and maybe this is similar to what's happening to you too. I like, uh, something that happens in like being so personally revealing is that people start to get to feel like they know you and they'll like, I've done this with comedians and storytellers, like latch onto you. You're like important to them. You, you, um, have your whatever you've created has helped them in some certain way which is the goal but then you can when you feel that way about somebody like i have done with i've had my heart broken by bands because i've fallen in love with a band and they've like saved my life when i was like 14 or 15 and then i fill in the blank for the rest of their life uh like assuming that they're like great in all these ways and Mm -hmm. then when they aren't it shatters me and uh so you have that experience of i I had that experience one time Someone who was like a fan of mine got mad at me for making a really crass joke. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know, like, I have like, I like potty humor. I, it was some joke about like violence or something like that. And mm-hmm. they're, they're like, not funny. Come on, man, not funny. And it's like, hold on a minute. It is funny to me. That's why I said it. You don't know me. Mm-hmm. Don't think you know me. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. I never said that I don't like this ty- kind of humor. Just because I don't, just because I'm supportive of the way that all people feel and accepting, try to be accepting of absolutely everyone, doesn't mean that I don't think rape jokes are funny. Because mm-hmm. I do when they're funny. All of them? Oh, when they're funny. Yeah, I do not think they're all funny. And actually, I, I mean, this is dicey territory because it's like a hot button for a lot of people. I don't think rape is funny. I don't make rape jokes yeah, but if i were to think of a funny one mm-hmm. i would make it absolutely because uh, i actually completely agree because 
as long as you don't make the victim or like rape the butt of the joke. I mean, if you can swim in that territory and make things funny, mm-hmm. I don't know. Also, being a comic is difficult and it's hard to write good jokes. And I could write a rape joke that I think is very funny that comes off as aggressive and inflicting pain on someone else. And if your reaction to that mm-hmm. is, I thought that was gross, please don't do that, then I will 10 times out of 10 be like, okay absolutely fair but if your reaction is you don't do that that's not like you it's like well hold on back off Mm -hmm. that's and that's what that person's comment was like exactly yeah yeah i don't get that it's i don't know i've said this on the show already uh so i don't want to spend too much time on it but i'm frustrated with the world (laughs) really around the role of a sex educator in a society where all the disciplines like psychology and medicine and all of them uh, reject talking about sexuality and training the professionals so that they can handle these questions. And so it's sort of this black hole where no one's filling that need. So you have people like me coming in and be like, this is really exciting and we want to talk about it. Yeah. But then I'm getting – it's just – it's very stressful to be expected to know every single thing about sex, which means I would need to be all like all the doctors. Yes, and which you are none of. None of. I am none of those. I mean, I I get that I'm you know more just curious, and I, I interview people, and I like and doing workshops. And you, you, I try to be. I read and research, and you've studied. You, yeah, you're great at it. Yeah, I mean, I hold myself accountable. Yeah. Mm, but there is a certain amount of fatigue of holding that much information, especially. When I'm starting to realize that my knowledge is now that I don't have as much to prove to myself now, like I kind of that's good. I've been doing this a while, so now I'm kind of like I just want back have off fun. and do what you want. Yeah, and uh, there's so much around sex that really remains a mystery, and it's and and I'm fascinated by the stuff that really you can't like science really just can't even touch it. It's just it's really more about feelings. Um, but really my thing around about our ships passing in the night is that I want to go, uh, not away from sex and into feelings, but, um, that I think it, it's almost like a baptism I need to go through for myself, which is a phase where I can learn to express the voice in my head honestly and raw. Huh. Um, yeah. uh, cause I still filter a lot and it feels like on the other side of that, there's a middle ground, maybe? A middle ground. I'll, I'll return to sex ed in a different way. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely a, a rebelling a lot right now. That's so funny because I I feel the exact same way about the opposite thing that I'm doing. You know, you know what okay. I mean? I'm doing the opposite thing. I'm running from feelings right now. I don't really – which is interesting because I'm not stopping my podcast. I do – that will be. Well, I'm not stopping my podcast. No, I know. For, <laughs> okay. No, I know, but it'll change. It'll yeah, the, yeah. The way that things are spoken about. Well, yours will get more personal, and your podcast um, will have no problem with that at all. You know what I mean? You're so feelings oriented and inserting. You are, and uh, that's Thank what I loved you. about it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, no, your podcast was huge for me. It was one of the favorite, my favorite things I've ever done, and yeah, it was a lot because of, of how like, uh, open and sweet. It is. It was a. It's a. I mean, you're gonna have a good time talking about your feelings on that show, uh, and uh, oh, I I lost track of what you're I was talking connecting, about. You're doing the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, right. Um. I am. You know, focusing on silliness and writing, and 
creating things that are not centered uh, in my own, I don't know, oh. brain, feelings, but that's not forever. I've been focusing on it for a long time in my life, and I think it's – I'm a little exasperated. Mm-hmm. I, I don't always want to be the feelings guy, the, the like – talk about sadness guy Mm -hmm. i'm happy also i'm silly i'm weird and after a phase of silliness and weirdness and acting dumb and being you know overtly happy publicly more than focusing on sadness i think i'll find a middle ground the goal really is to be all of you to be your whole self for people to even the dark parts absolutely even even the dark parts you can talk about them my problem is that I talked about them too much. That people associate me with the darkness now. I'm feeling real Dave right I'm now. Overtly dark. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm happy. I was talking about my girlfriend, especially right now. Like, I mean, I've had a stressed out week. It's been a tough week, but I'm crazy about her. She, I'm ecstatic that she's in my life. Mm-hmm. And 2014, I got to do like seven things I thought I'd never be able to do in my entire life. And comedy continues to get better. So, like, my life is straight up good. And (laughs) there's good and bad. And I would like to project all of me. And, you know, and the reason that I got upset at that person who, like, was like, you don't think that, you don't feel, that's not something you do, um, is it's not their fault. It's because they don't know me. Yeah. And I... I want to be me, and I think that, you know, with any luck, I will, like you said, however many years from now, Return. just like you will. Like, you'll you'll come around to some sort of middle place where you're a teacher and a sharer and not too much of both, you know? Yeah. Hopefully. I, it sounds like from what I'm hearing uh, you talk about it, it's that you just don't want to Am I hearing it right that you don't want to focus your point of view onto yourself, but you want to start playing with the world around you through your voice? Yeah, I've been self-obsessed, mm-hmm. and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. I looked up what burnout actually is, and mm-hmm. uh, my laptop totally... It does this really weird thing. I asked the Apple guys. They said it's probably just I need the new. It just sits on a black screen yeah. with a cursor. Super weird. Good Lord. Anyway, um, burnout is a state of emotional, mental, and physical exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. Um, and it was first created to describe the consequences of severe stress um, from for people who are in the helping professions, like doctors and nurses, who sacrifice themselves for others. Wow. Whoa. Wow, look at you. I, you're in one of the helping professions. <laughs> but I think you are too. Like you, the, the amount of sure. catharsis provided in, in being able to go to the places a lot of people aren't necessarily uh, given permission to go on, on a daily basis, um, it can be taxing. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, we both are for sure. You, you're, well... Yeah, I mean, your whole life has been you a little bit more than me. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, because you, you teach sex classes. You know what I mean? Like you, you're a sex educator. You just do it a little bit more than I do. Probably a lot more. 
Yeah, I've taken the last couple jokes weeks too. <laughs> yeah, you don't do that part. Right. I did take an improv class. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. And you I'm, were telling me that. And I'm almost done with a sketch writing class. That's right. It's really difficult. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, I my it's brain so hard. does not understand how that works. I realize that applying sexuality and what I have to say around that to learning about sketch was it was I was taking it way too seriously. Oh, so I've yeah. been writing sketches about dogs and sure, yeah. cars and what I don't even Can know. Can we read one of your sketches? No. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, is That is in my private dark place. Uh, okay. Um if you want to come on my show and mm-hmm. we'll read one of your sketches uh, to sort of segue you into the world of talking about yourself in public, you know? That means uh, I have to write a second draft of one of these. I will read two sketches of mine that suck, if you want. Well, this is some bravery right here, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, I know. Let's put it out there. That'd be fun. <sighs> really? Um, um, show people how the sausage is made. The sausage that will never gross. be cooked. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. You're on. All right. You're on. Cool. We'll do it. Ooh, we get to play the characters. <laughs> <laughs> you should bring on other people to come in and play the characters Ooh. and comment on how bad our sketches are. Oh, man. <laughs> so bad. Oh, but then I'll try and make it better and then I'll, I'll try too hard. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like how this feels inside. Okay. So, oh, I got a dog. I heard about it in your sketch. Oh yeah. Wait, I just said dogs. You <laughs> yeah. didn't know it was no, my dog. No, it's you actually it's actually been really weird because in terms of reconnecting, where's your dog? Oh, it's at my partner's at place. Uh-huh. Like this place is not made for having a dog. This, there's carpet, and this is a this is a puppy, and there you go. Yeah, sure. Uh, and he can't be left alone though. Yet he destroyed the blinds yesterday. Like he t- he tackled the bathroom like it was his job to destroy everything in it. So, Your partner? Yeah, my partner. Not the dog. The <laughs> yeah, dog watch. crazy. <laughs> uh, What's the dog's name? His name is Steven. No, it's not. <laughs> it is very much. That's hilarious. <laughs> What's, uh, what kind of dog is he? He's an adorable terrier. I'm now going to- What kind of terrier? Uh, yeah, an show adorable me a photo. Terrier. He looks like he has a, um, uh, an English accent. <laughs> I here's like a, here's that. a little picture of him. Oh, man. He's got a cone. Yeah, Why he, is he we, just, a cone? we took it off last week. Uh, he got fixed. Uh, shelter's oh. orders. Oh, okay. So yeah. you didn't want him biting where his balls used to be, right? Right. Well, That's he can't because the they for. reopen the wound and then it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's, I suppose you don't ever want that, but that's super gross. Generally, don't do it now. Yeah. The minute we took off the comb, it was like penis city USA. Sure, like he was. Yeah. He was. Like, I was me? amazed at how much a dog licks his own dick. That does not amaze me. Um. I Is just, it so much? It's a. I mean, that first day it was how like. Many, how much do you think a human man would lick his own <laughs> dick if he could? You know, I think a lot of us would. Uh, I would be licking my own vag if I could, in and all out, day. all of the places if I could. Especially, yeah. If I had a vagina, I would. I would probably lick it all the time. <laughs> I'm a little averse to the idea of a penis in my mouth, but I think that that would probably change. Were I to be able to lick my own. Penis. Right. I mean, you could just stick your tongue in it and just kind of hit the frenulum a little bit. Yeah. You know? You could. While you jerk it off. Or you could suck your own dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I feel like, I mean, if you're down there, you're not like teasing around it. Maybe the first time you feel shy with yourself, but then I don't know. <laughs> right? I don't know. 
I used to really be like, there's no way. I would never suck my own dick, even if I could. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I I... I 100% guarantee that you would suck your own dick. Like, there's just, there's no way around it, Dave. I mean, let's be real. I don't know. I don't. Would you lick your own butthole if you could? No, because no. I, I don't really do that. I don't. I've never. I don't know if I've ever done that. As a matter of fact. Oh, okay. Yeah. Licked your own butthole. Licked yeah. anyone else's butthole? I don't think I've ever licked someone else's butthole. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never really. Been you haven't lived. Butt crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Though, you know what? I, I oh, realized. Oh, he's pointing. Yeah, I'm pointing. I, th- this changed. Mm-hmm. That I'm open to the idea of pegging. I'm like nice. open to it. I don't, like, if I think about it, it makes me like, ah, terrified and, mm-hmm. and no, I, like, I, the feeling doesn't seem like a feeling I want. But yeah. it, like, popped into my head and I was like, if I were asked mm-hmm. by someone I really cared about, I would I would do that. Okay. So. Awesome. I'm more down with my own butt than other people's butts is what I'm saying. Cool. Cool. It's all, um, it's all good. Talking about that. Oh yeah. Your dog. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, anyway, your dog's it was, cute. It was actually a, st- <laughs> uh, thank you. It was a startling thing because he would jump into bed with us and, and you know, I, I'm like naked, basically crawling into bed and he jumps into bed. And it's like, oh yeah, I guess he's going to sleep in bed with us and at first it'd be at the foot of the bed and then now he like gets under the covers and like and we're training him to get into a crate and stuff but it was odd that this stranger is like in our home now we're getting to know this dog yeah he's this little personality mm-hmm. and i'm just sort of like platonically naked with this <laughs> new being uh-huh. and it's just it's just like a lot of it's very intimate to just bring a creature in and then they're just kind of up in your grill all the time like they're watching you doing things uh yeah. Sex and like any kind of physical activity, it just feels weird. They just they're just right there. He doesn't really care a whole lot. He's not that interested, but it's just it's an you're, odd. You're so you're saying that you have sex in front of your dog? Is that what you just said? If we can manage it, at this point, he's still like, "Oh, you guys are playing. Let me get in there." And oh, it's like man. this is over. Yeah, I have friends who told me that they're always a male friend, their girlfriends or or whoever dog. Uh, has like licked their balls during sex. That's happened to oh no two friends of mine. No, I could see his his face getting close to tidbits, and I was like, oh hell no! Like there's because oh, that no makes for sense. Real dude. Yeah. Yeah. That is a line that I do not want to accidentally cross. No. Blah. I do not want that to be my first threesome. You know? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um. How are you? So you're happy. Uh, you know, yeah, generally. Okay, like that's your default setting is is happy, like like you're because you... it's tough to answer that right now because yeah, yes, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. This week is hard. I'm having mm-hmm. a hard week. I'm like really trying. Like it's, I'm working very hard to get this year like started. Mm-hmm. I'm horrible with time management, and it adds a High five. lot of stress to my life oh Mm -hmm. like so much Mm -hmm. and i'm working very diligently to fix that to not sleep in so much to Mm -hmm. not procrastinate to get my stuff done to like it's very important like my new year's resolution though i didn't i think of it necessarily as such is that i like do instead of worry you know 
and <laughs> instead of like thinking I should work out, I should work out, I should work out, I should work out all day, just go for a fucking run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like uh, get a dog. So this week I'm doing that very intensely, and it's kind of taken its toll on me in general. But uh, so uh, it's hard to say <laughs> that I'm generally right. happy this week whenever I'm not. But yeah, for the most part, I am. Yes. Okay. Um, no, I mean, that's great. It's, um, here I am saying, I don't want to talk about my feelings and I can't fucking shut up about them. You know what I well, mean? Well, well, this is sort maybe this is like a closing chapter on this. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of putting this sucker to bed, you know? Yeah. Um, that would, man, I hope so. But I will say for my show, it's not, I mean, cause my show is kind of, I'm interviewing people about information and their thoughts on things and I can relate. And sometimes I just go, Oh, fascinating. And I don't necessarily have to do right. that work. Um, I more want to write a memoir, um, oh. and I've been doing some work around that, and it's been really interesting um, to have to nail down details about my life. Yeah. Instead of having it's like it's all shrouded in mystery, even to myself. So that's more where I think I'm pouring, finding my voice into is that the show mainly. I, I just want to talk about sex. I don't. I don't want the responsibility of being a sex educator for a while. I don't know. Huh. Like I could talk to people about how to suck a dick. That's fun. It's <laughs> like blowjobs. I will never get tired of talking to people about blowjobs. Man, that's funny. And but but you don't want to be a sex educator for a while. Um. Yeah. So how? Will your show – are you not a sex educator on your show? Are you – or you're just an interviewer on your show. Is that what you're saying? I'm allowing myself to be a sex nerd on my show. Okay. And not, uh, not layering that necessarily or prioritizing being me and a sex nerd over the professional label of sex educator. I see. I don't know if I could ever actually not. Oh, I see. Okay. You are going to listen to your guests. You're not going to teach your audience. Is that I don't see – I don't it's, understand what you're it's saying. It's different shades of the same color for yes. sure. But it's yeah. it's all the difference to me. Sure. I, yeah, uh, that makes sense. How do I describe it? It's mm, it's not even about TMIing. It's – I don't want – I was brought up by a nurse and an activist. There's a lot of helping themes going on. I was told – hundreds of times I need to help save the world and, and make the world a better place and all this stuff. And uh, so much of my 20s was me panicking about how I was going to do that. And, and I also just have a natural drive toward helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost become a codependent relationship with everyone around me where I am prioritizing everyone else in the world over myself. And so yeah. a little bit more, I think I have more of a healthy balance Sure. And I don't know how to do that. I almost feel like sex ed is a way for me to enable myself to have an unhealthy relationship with the world around me. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. That that is very well said and makes sense. I'm just curious what your show will sound like in how you're going to – like that makes sense to me in life. Mm -hmm. But what – you know, the formats, will you be playing? The format's probably going to be exactly the same. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm, but it's more establishing. It's like I'm 
polyamorous. Mm-hmm. The way I actually go about my personal relationship or relationships is no one's business but my own. Well, my you know people that I'm associating with. No, um, it's not their business either. But but even if I were living, if you were just watching me twenty four seven, which is creepy, uh, <laughs> and you just saw me as a monogamous person. I still identify as polyamorous because the way I feel about the people around yeah, me yeah, is poly. Sure. And so it's it's an identity thing. And so I I had established myself and talked about myself and let people know that I'm a sex educator. And if that changes, even if my actions don't necessarily change on this show, that identity has shifted. Um, and, and there will be subtleties there's subtleties, but you might yeah. not, not even see it. Um, but just like being open about being poly means I don't have to feel um, guilty about having a crush on someone. Uh, yes. That That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Mm, not prioritizing, not putting myself at the bottom of the list all the time. Um, yeah. You know? And in terms of comedy, which I – and I love humor and I love uh, being irreverent. Like sometimes on Twitter, I'll tweet more of a joke than it is – an educational statement and people will be like uh actually it's this i'll be like we i sometimes make jokes oh and it was funny and like and it's like you guys i really just need to like make jokes sometimes can you just roll with that please like can you tell everything is so serious it's allowing myself to have a voice that's more comedic and more true to my personality that's a actually a big part of what i'm going through too when people are holding you accountable like you need to be accurate uh it's less accurate and more um sensitive you know mm-hmm. um yeah partially accurate but it's like well like i said before like you don't make jokes about that and it's like i make jokes about everything mm-hmm. establishing you know that i'm like uh a comedian it's like create it's fighting for our right to be a three-dimensional person in a very black and white world yeah like well like- i mean which makes sense the you know it makes sense to me for one, people uh, that you know, it's difficult to think about someone uh, as as complex as you are. You know, like me or everybody. Everybody. Okay. Everybody. Like I. What is that thing? I'm I'm going to absolutely butcher this trope, but it's like um, people about them ask questions about themselves where the choices are um, often, kind of often, sometimes, not very often, never. Multiple choices. Right. They're much more – people are much more likely to answer sometimes, not very often, and kind of often about themselves. And they almost always only answer always and never with other people. Oh, I didn't know that was a tendency. Yes. Neat. Um, It's just kind of human nature I think to like – you know, we need to understand the oh, world. cognitive biases. We put people into categories. That's mm-hmm. how we understand the world around us, you know? Yeah. And that, what comes along with that is very black and white interpretation of the way that other people move through mm-hmm. the world. And um, so, yeah, I don't blame people for it. But, yeah, it would be yeah, – I don't know um, – monitoring that and – changing people's perception of me is important yeah. to me yeah yeah the idea of brand 
you know, because it's, I mean, I use the word brand as it meaning like a way to authentically sort of capture who I am in, yeah. in, 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 in uh, short, me- easy messaging. Um, and so. Totally. It, well, that's actually, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But, but the brand, brand changes. And it is, it should. And it should be, that is absolutely what we're talking about. It's you want your brand to change because more of what I'm saying, I chose to be this person that like people perceive as like always harping on positivity and feelings and acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I want my brand to be that except a jokester on top of all of that. And Mm -hmm. you want your brand to be that of more of a silly person. (laughs) More you. More me. Why do you think that is? Why Do you think that it's because you're unhappy or because you um, you want to put a different thing into the world? Um, I want to put different things into the world and yeah. they are more centered around mm, memoir and comedy and narrative than they are around accurate, providing accurate STD information and new science facts. Um, And I really haven't been providing a lot of new information on the show. I'm mainly curating, you know, interviews where we're exploring different topics and things like this one's like a little bit about burnout and what that feels like and and how we're kind of struggling with that. Um, But more often than not, it's somebody who's like well-trained in a field. So... I love talking to other people who know the things I'm realizing I don't need to know the things and mm-hmm. I'm just embracing how very lost I feel, I think, uh, and that it's okay. You know, there was an episode of sex nerd Sandra that we did that I think perfectly encompasses how we both feel about this. Cause I feel the exact same as you. Mm-hmm. It was the episode. You're relating. Yeah. <laughs> I relate. <laughs> we had a nurse on who, um, knows a lot and is a big advocate for um, safe sex. I remember this episode. Yes. And and I think you remember me being a little annoyed by it. I think I was annoyed on the – like in the recording. Um, and I was like making a comment about how she was like, everyone, everyone has to use dental dams for oral sex. And I was like, no one does that. And uh, I was kidding. Mm-hmm. I mean I was serious because no one does. But I was like – not being dismissive. I was being – I was joking. Yeah. And she was like, no, you have to. And I was like, lady, come on. I'm not going to use that. Bah. And uh, and the, the conversation continued. And so the thing is, she's right. You should use safe sex in every single way you sh- you can always. But I am allowed to joke about it. And just because I made that joke doesn't mean I feel that way. It just means I wanted to joke around about it in that moment. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's two points of view so far from each other in how they handle and explore a topic and express it. And yeah, I totally. I disagree that um, that's effective to say you should do something. It's uh, oh yeah for sure. It's unreasonable. And I've gotten better at calling guests out when I'm like, that doesn't sound very mm, – because I definitely was really shy um, in terms of being – challenging people to the things that they would say. Uh, So I've gotten better about that. More of a pain in the ass. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. But uh, no, I remember that. And 
it's difficult. I just, I can't make a choice and I can't tell people to use dental dams. I think it's a smart idea in certain circumstances and others, it's like, eh, fuck it. Ooh, that wasn't responsible of me. Oh. <laughs> right. So, but I, I get. Well, that, and that is the flip side of this. It's like, uh, when you joke, you have to create context. Um, and yeah. people are allowed to get upset with you. Well, I mean, people are allowed to get upset with you whenever they want, quite honestly. But I, I am very, I am incredibly inclined to accept someone disliking a joke if they don't feel like the context has been built enough, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but like, also how you feel is how you feel. And as people who try to be accepting of all, you're pointing at me. I am pointing at you. Should I not point? I'm sorry. No, it's fun. I, just, I was pointing at both of us. People My don't get, people out. don't get to see the parts where yeah. we do the hand. Yeah. Finger guns. <laughs> Sorry, I'm interrupting. I, hey, don't worry about it. Um, you should, you know, it's important to both of us to be accepting of all, and we work really hard at it. But, you know, another part of this for me is honesty. I'm not always accepting. I try really hard to be, and I am, I would say that I am more than most. Um, but sometimes I don't agree with something. I don't like it, and uh, it is really hard for me to say that, to say, no, that's not for me. I don't think that you should do that, and it is okay for me to say. It's not – it's okay for me to actually say how I feel, mm-hmm. but that's the way that I've, like, restricted myself. That's the one type of feeling I would like to be bringing out more, like uh, like spent a lot of time being diplomatic because I wanted to say everyone's feelings are okay. And sometimes I'm like, no, you shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? And I, I, I feel that way about this dental dam discussion. Uh, just like not as intensely. I don't feel very passionately about this, but I don't use them Mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna. (laughs) You said, you said a, a joke or your feelings as a statement about how things should be. But it was definitely a joke. Uh... Yes, it was a joke. It was a joke. It was like um, the way that it could be taken as bad. The, the way that it could be taken as bad is me saying like, like, ah, no one uses dental dams. Is someone could hear that and could interpret it as like, I don't have to practice safe sex. Mm-hmm. Right? So that would be where the, the guest would be like, don't say that. And like, you know, I agree that you should not say you should not tell people not to practice safe sex. You should practice safe sex. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like me saying the flip side of it is me saying no one uses dental dams is true. And like I'm allowed to make fun of you for not thinking something is true that is true. <laughs> you know? So. No, I. It's tough. My brain is not even in. My brain is thinking in a situation that is a. It's a pre planned 
meeting of minds mm-hmm. at a table to discuss a topic, you were clearly brought in as with your perspective of like, I'm the I'm the guy from Guilty just the guy. street. Yeah, sure, I, yeah, I just have this fun perspective and da, da, da. And you're providing pushback for um, her and me to, um, I suppose that to meet, meet yeah. with. And so I think hosting and co-hosting and, and uh, you know, news panels or like whatever – when you're when everybody's holding a microphone and everybody's interacting, there is a bit of you're challenging, but that's great because we need something to work off of. And right. and I was, and, and I still feel like I have a lot to learn around interviewing and, oh, and hosting, but I didn't yet know how to give pushback and and appreciate that kind of challenge. Um, and so like now it's like oh I'd have so much more fun with that now. Yeah. Which before I'd be like oh. I you guys are like totally like fighting a little bit. I don't know what to do we right now. We were fighting a little bit, weren't we? You know, it's funny. I don't um, – and that was fun. I don't recall you handling that poorly or anything. Oh, I just stayed quiet. Sure. And didn't well, know what to do. And that's fine though. That's Probably. so much of hosting, just letting the guests deal with it, you know? Seriously. Um, but uh, I don't have any negative memories of that day at all. It was just an example. I uh, And were I to see her again, I – I, you know, she was nice. I found her nice, you know? Oh, my God. I have so many negative memories of every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking about something else, I think. Running a podcast is very difficult. And it's uh, it's staying in the moment as an interviewer and keeping your show on task and entertaining and loose is so hard. It is so difficult. And that is kind of why I said what I just said about letting the guests deal with it. Mm-hmm. That is the one saving grace of being a podcast host is that it's not about you. It's True. just not about you. It's about your guest. It's inherently about you just by nature of you hosting the show. Mm-hmm. But like the focus is not on you. And that's the one way I that reality has made – hosting a podcast a little easier but yeah of course there's so many there was so much stress i was stressed out by sex nerd sandra <laughs> i can't even imagine how stressed out you were i didn't have to do any of the production or worrying at all uh, i just had to show up and think i sucked you know whoa yeah, yeah. i thought i sucked every episode i never oh. thought i was funny you had so much goodness there was so much good going in on retrospect there. it was great and i got a lot of laughs and we did a really great thing but in the moment it's so hard to feel worthwhile because I understand, you know, we're it's not a it's a conversation with a motive. We're cre- we're having a conversation, quote unquote, but we're creating content. So it has to be compelling moment to moment and drive forward. And you can't be rude to the guest. So I wanted to be funny, but not too much. And I didn't want to undercut you. And I was always worried that I was doing that and that I was talking over the guest. That's really stressful. And, and our listeners would like write in and be like, hey, Dave, shut up or Dave, talk more. And I'd be like, who do I listen to? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, oh, man, it's crazy. Yeah. Dude. Oh, God, it's, it's so many so much feedback. I actually got a lot of great feedback recently on the Facebook page. I asked. Oh, really? Yeah. I said, if you love this podcast, what are things that drive you crazy about it? You can only answer if you actually like this show. And they gave me great things. Like uh, it turns out that the theme song hurts people's ears. 
because it starts off with this like radio dial and I didn't realize that it was too loud. And so for years, people have just been fast forwarding through that because it hurts. No way. Um, I felt so bad. So yeah. I toned it down and, and someone wrote that it was better, um, but it might still suck. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was just like, oh, man, and just little things that have helped me. I don't know. It was a great. That's cool that you did that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Oh, my God. It was great. Um, I have a statement and a question. Let's do it. Party. When you were asking about how my show is going to go forward, I realized I'd forgotten that there's this is something that's been percolating in my brain. And it feels a little bit like a cop-out, but I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. Is I want to start um, kind of doing what, you know, it's, it's a little bit Dan Savage and it's a little bit Loveline. But I want to start talking to people who want to call in. And I don't know how to yeah. do that with audio that sounds okay. Um, you should listen to – I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you. I did an episode where I interviewed "quote unquote" Batman, uh, and it was Joe Starr, a friend of mine who's a really funny comic. But I was in Bloomington, Indiana, and I it was I wanted to put it out on Halloween, mm-hmm. so I had to call him. And I downloaded this app called Taper Call Pro. Mm-hmm. Listen to a minute or two of that episode, okay. uh, and if you like how that sounds, maybe you'll do that. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, and like if there was some phone that you could. If like some nerdist phone that you could use. A landline. Ooh, old school. <laughs> well, you school. couldn't have an app on oh, a right. landline. But... Wait, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, apps, rotary apps. Um, okay, so my question is, moving forward, what on earth are you going to do differently with Terrified? I mean, if it's if you're feeling like, is there any way that you can move forward and relate to your guest in a different way or are there any shifts you can make i've already been doing it it's Mm -hmm. just you know like you said it's um it's more of like an identity shift than anything and when you start to identify in a little bit of a different way or just want different things from life which is really what it is I, i just want a little bit of a different thing from life i um my focus changes and so the way that i talk to people changes a little bit i just um i share a little bit less mm-hmm I'm I'm not I don't relate as quickly to people as I used to and that'll happen more and more but I'm still fascinated by other people's issues and um you know anxieties um mental failings mm-hmm. which I have many of you know uh and uh and so like like uh, 6 months ago or something I added some more like fake radio sounds to my show. And so it's, if you, Oh, right, right, right. If you listen to it, it sounds, it's produced like a, like a manly rock radio station. Really? Is. Yeah. So I've added like stupidity to the production of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, my friend, Anna Saragina now reads listener mails with me and she, is intensely funny and like very silly and we have a really silly rapport. So our discussions get like pretty silly and mm-hmm. I've just like really tried to focus on the funny parts of um social anxiety and depression mm-hmm. because it's super funny is the thing. It's very funny. It's you think like it's disrespectful. It sounds I think to bring it up in this way disrespectful to say that that depression is funny because being depressed is awful but looking back on the things i've done 
while depressed and the way it's affected my life. Um, the outward signs of it. I'm still alive. Mm -hmm. And I did all these things that are hilarious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're not making fun of the – I mean the depression itself sucks. I am sucks, not making fun of it do. at all. I'm laughing with the guest. I'm trying to laugh with the guest a lot more because I think that it – one, is fun. And two – and this isn't even an intention, but it's true. It helps. Like I just had my friend James Fritz on, and he's going through horrible heartbreak, like crazy heartbreak that – and he wasn't unfair about it even. He, like just like he – we talked about how he and his ex had both done a lot of things wrong mm -hmm. and he was really, really sad about it. And we laughed super hard in the mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. And it's not – it was not disrespectful. It was, it was like we would be like, oh, God, that sucks and then like joke about it because you can. You can joke about anything. It just depends on the perspective you come from. Including rape. You yes, that one's hard. <laughs> it's very very difficult. Right. No, I understand. But uh, I uh, but yes, the craft of comedy. And as a matter of fact, that I think would be one of the things that I would not make jokes while discussing with someone who wanted to talk about rape. <laughs> you have to be very disconnected from rape, both in the joke and in the context you build, in order for it to be comical in the least. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Though, yeah. I mean, I think that if two people who had been raped were talking, they could be That'd able to be joke an interesting around conversation. about it with each other. Man. Yeah. There's something I've never heard of. Yeah. Well, I I have talked to someone who had been raped who joked around about it to me. Mm -hmm. And, like, I couldn't contribute. But it was funny because their perspective is so deep. You know? Yeah. Um, oh. Actually, here's a perfect example Whoa. of this. Um, I had Jackie Cation on my show. Mm -hmm. She talked about death a lot because her mother had died. Oh. I know. Terrible. And uh, one of the things we talked about <laughs> was – we there, that's, very, that's a funny episode because Jackie's very funny. She's hilarious. And we talk about yeah. death a lot and it's still very funny. Uh, and um, – uh, her mother died around the time that there was that shooting at um, the Dark Knight in that movie theater in Aurora, oh Colorado. God, yeah. mm -hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that horrible, insane gunman walked in and just shot mm -hmm. people while they were watching a movie. Yeah, it was terrible. It was horrifying. And um, Jackie, I guess, was in a circle of comedians talking, and she was like. <clears throat> However, it came up. She was like, yeah, my mom died a couple weeks ago. And one of the comics in the circle goes, oh, was she in that theater? And oh, like, no. <laughs> and like Jackie told me, she was like, I was super mad and I could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> because the timing of that is, I mean, that's just a very well-timed, horrible joke. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. It's... <laughs> It's very funny. It's, it's like rude as hell. But being it's... angry at the joke, but at the same time acknowledging how funny, <laughs> so funny. it is. Yeah, so funny. You know, um, dude, thank you for coming over and hanging out and talking about all this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is great. It's great to see you. I'm really yeah. happy that we ran into each other at that party. Yeah. Feels like we're growing up. I know. Yeah, it was hilarious. Actually, being like, oh, of course, it, Dave, the Nerdist holiday party. Of course. Yeah. Right next to the sushi bar. <laughs> Uh, right. No, I, I didn't end up having any sushi. Oh, you should. Uh, it was good. It was really good. Was it? Yeah. I had 
what was the truck? I had some food from the food truck. What was the truck? It was was it Korean something? It was, it was like, yeah, it was like a Korean, Korean fusion. Something. Yeah, it was good. Yes. I feel like there were tacos. I had salmon. Tacos. They were yeah. probably <laughs> yeah, tacos. Oh, I had a rice bowl with octopus balls? No. <laughs> no. No octopus balls, but I do really want to read your sketches now. Because octopus balls came out like it was sitting in the chamber in your brain. Cuz they had no o- they literally had octopus balls. No they didn't. Yes they did. Oh, really? Oh, you thought it was funny how cute. <laughs> 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 you in are the funny, chamber. It's that in the chamber. It's that. Um, That's the name of my the show. The kind now. when people make. What is that when people make other people laugh and they don't mean to a lot, or they don't and they don't know how to harness it. But I may. I mean, definitely there is laughter after I say things. I just don't know how to channel that into any art form. Oh yeah. Hey, me neither. Me neither. Lies, comedian lies. Well, you know, I'm working on it, but oh man, it's really hard. I'm, I've gotten pretty good at being naturally funny, and that makes me feel weird and immodest to say. But I guess I do feel that way about myself. Hey, if you've seen an uptick, I'm dating a very um, funny person. I have become he's funnier. He's hilarious. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know why I'm with this. Thank you. Where I'm no, like... thank you. He's great. I like him a, a whole lot. Yeah. Big fan. Um, so I, I, I have new areas of humor. That, that are now in my brain in terms of how I can relate to what people oh, say. Oh, yeah, sure. And it's weird. I didn't mean for well, that to happen. Well, he's a writer. He's like a writer. And it you yes. can, it comes out in how he talks. Yeah. Uh, Scary so. how much we learn from each other and skills really? of how to be around others. Yeah, I hold so much of my all my partner's character traits and um, my best friend in high school. Yeah. She's been on the show a couple times, Yvette. Oh, um, yes. Her personality her humor comes out it's scary i'm it's like i'm the terminator or something or not the terminator the the molten metal guy i get it right right i've been dating my girlfriend for going on three months and i already catch myself acting like her sometimes whoa yeah is it a good thing yeah good just don't do it in front of her because then it's embarrassing i do that (laughs) all the time yeah well it's more like no, it's not embarrassing. It's good. Okay. She's great. Now he'll point at me and be like, that's my joke. I'll be like, oh, oh no, really? Oh, that's so funny. Oh, I've definitely noticed her doing that with me. Um, uh, but I let her have the joke. You know, I got millions. <laughs> I'm kidding. Totally Dude, kidding. Dave, mm-hmm. where can people find you these days out in the world? Ah, uh, geez. Same places, quite honestly. At Dave2TheRoss on Twitter, Dave2TheRoss.com. And my podcast, Terrified, which is also on Nerdist. Ooh. I know. And I'll have you on the show, and we'll read our sketches. Maybe I'll bring – Anna should come on too. I'll bet you Anna will have a sketch okay. to read. And we'll, we'll workshop our anxieties about our own writing. That would be interesting that and be interesting. so difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll bring a few more. I've written so many sketches – that have not made it through my sketch group. Are you going to uh, do a like pa- do another pass at the draft? I don't even know if I said that right. Do whatever you need to do to make yourself feel comfortable. Okay. I that would be never showing up. Well, pa- <laughs> okay. Well, you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, honestly, do whatever you have to do to feel comfortable. I I would say that we should do this, and at least Anna and me can 
can read our stuff mm-hmm. and make fun of it. I think and it'd be fun. I think yeah, it'd, it'd be, be fun. fun. Yeah. Like I could, yeah. You know, it's called terrified and you know, it's a little bit terrifying, but like, yeah, but, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I'm going to walk in there with some paper. Totally. We're going to look at it. Yeah. And we're going to read from it. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. You know what? Anna has been pushing me. Anna is basically the co-host now. And uh, she's been pushing me to um, do a little bit more with the format Mm -hmm. uh, than just like focus on interviewing people surrounding these questions. Mm -hmm. And I agree with her. Mm -hmm. We haven't figured out exactly how to do it, but maybe that'll be a part of the show now. Maybe I'll bring people on to confront a fear. Sure. Uh, Just like a box of spiders for somebody. Well, I'm not going to do that (laughs) because that – a dolphin that's in the corner. Not, that's not a fear that I feel like overcoming, personally. <laughs> I hate spiders. I'll always hate spiders because they're evil and they're wrong and they should all be dead. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. So I maybe we'll address say, that fear in you. Sure. It'd be I, fun. I thought you were going to say that you are going to do sketches because that's what I was thinking of doing for my show. Oh, yeah. Maybe. You should. That would be fun. There's a lot of – I mean there's so much. If you want help with that, I'd probably – I mean, I, I would love to be a part of it. I, I, the probably, I, I probably would is the busy thing, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, a sketch a week for the show that's actually worth reading out loud. That's the thing is I'm learning how to write sketches and like, I'm still trying to figure out my voice and what I want to say with it. But God, yeah. I feel like someday there will be hilarious sex orgy sketches. <laughs> I oh. think that sooner rather than later there will be, Sandra. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, get on your way. I don't want to keep you. Um, and and thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you. Yeah, Happy New Year. Good to see you. Go Team Fun. Go Team Fun. Ah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. 